1: Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining me. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stoliker. I am your host. And today we will be speaking a little bit about the January 6th hearings. I'm sure you have heard of this, even if you are not aware of it. If you're not watching it, uh, it's on daytime television. What a strange decision. But a hearing that congress is holding about the events of january 6th and uh, honestly if you're like a normal person not someone who spends their entire life focused on this type of news then you may be a little bit confused about what is happening why it's happening and what it all means thankfully we have on an incredible guest someone we've had on before who speaks so well on this and uh, just about every topic of current events, Jack Pesovic, and are really grateful to have him on to help illuminate so much of what's happening with this hearing. My guest, Jack Pesovic. Great to have Jack Pesovic back on with us today. Um, needs no introduction. I always give one anyhow. <laughs> anyhow. Former naval officer. I just like saying that I have a former naval officer on our show, because I feel like I'm, I'm doing the Navy a favor. Very ecumenical of you. It's very, it is very ecumenical yeah. of me. I, uh, I like to believe that the Navy is very close to being in the military. Um, not quite Marines, but very close. Um, senior editor at Human Events and most recently detained at Davos. So to yes. me, that's one of the biggest sure. things that's happened recently in your life.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting uh, situation for me. I didn't expect, you know, of all the places you expect to get, you know, run afoul <laughs> of the law, right, you know. And when I was in Navy, I was, uh, you know, I was a PACOM guy. So I'm yeah. like, you know, we're, you're going around Southeast Asia, you're in Philippines, uh, China, you know, Vietnam. And you're thinking, sure, you know, any of those spots, you got to be careful, you got to watch out. But then I think Switzerland, <laughs> Switzerland. you, know with, you <laughs> know, with the mountains and yeah. the... And the chocolate and the the yodeling and and, and the, the reputation for and, not
1: doing things like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's the you know the neutrality, right? The famous yeah. neutral twist. But we ended up so we're out there. We're filming um, the show. So we ended up filming the show from the World Economic Forum, and we're just you know just right there on the side of the road with um you know dressed kind of kind of like how I'm dressed now. You know yeah. you know uh you know shirt and tie and and suit jacket and I'm standing in front of a, of a TV camera. And I think it's pretty obvious what I'm doing. In fact, we had already had some plain clothes guys come by about an hour prior to, um, you know, just kind of check out, you know, who, Hey, who are you guys? Do you have passports? Do you have credentials? Yeah, sure. Here you go. No big, no big deal. We're here with, uh, you know, we're there with turning point USA. So it's like yeah. you know, nonprofit NGO, everybody, everybody knows who they are. Huge yeah. website. You can, you can go see it's very, it's, it's very real. Turning point does exist, you know, right. got the, got the, <laughs> right. you know, you know, President of the United States comes comes to our events, you know, and, and multiple governors. So yeah, we're we're pretty good. Um uh and uh, and then it was an hour after that, after the plane glows guys rolled up, that we had just set down the equipment and everybody's, you know, taking a moment to, you know, kind of grab some chow, you know, charge up batteries cuz you know, we've got we've got the adapters cuz are we're, mm-hmm. we're in Europe, you know, um and and at that point we get what a set, what I have to describe it it felt like a QRF of yeah. um, just about, about a, you know, less than a dozen, but about 10 officers with MP5s, 9 millimeters drawn, uh, tactical gear, just surround us at the table and can't leave. you got to tell us who you are. you got to start going through the questioning again. Then they bring us behind, uh, sort of around the corner of this, um, you know, the, the building there and, you know, up against the wall, you know, spread them, frisk, hand in the front, hand in the back, you know, what are you doing here? You know, you guys look suspicious, that kind of stuff. And uh, it gets all the way to the point where, you know, they start even saying, you know, what are you filming? What are you up to? You know, and I said, like, you know, you can, you know, feel free to take a, a look at a little yeah. of our footage, but I'm not handing you my camera. Right, no way. sure. I, I instructed the crew as well. Like, you're not... Yo, know, because they they said, "Oh, come with us back to the the van." You yeah, know,
1: and, uh, <laughs> just you get know, in our we'll, van. We'll, We've got candy. We'll
2: go we'll, we'll look at it over here. I said, "Yeah, you're not you're not gonna yeah. separate us." Like, right. I was I was at Guantanamo. You know, I know what that's like. You separate them, and then you see, all right, now I'm gonna ask you all the questions again, and your story has to match that story. Yeah. But it's yeah. not your sight, and of course, you know, like some of the guys that got with me, like. You know, the one guy, I mean, I I love him. He's a great guy, but it's like, hey, man, what day of the week is it? And he's like, "Uh," you know, (laughs) he's just one of those guys, right? Yeah, sure. You know, so, you know, I was like, we're not playing any of this game. Yeah. We're not doing that.
1: That's just harassment. I think one of the interesting things in your videos was seeing that, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were representing the World Economic Forum, right? So when
2: they roll up on us, they've got these patches and everybody can see him clear as day. And I made sure when I shot the video that you yeah. can you can see the patch. Right. And you know me, I'm 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 un- reading the uniform and right. the uniform here says World Economic Forum Police, clear right. as day in block letters in English. And I'm tweeting it out saying, hey, the World Economic Forum Police just detained us at gunpoint, right? And then we get the, we get PolitiFact, believe it or not. The fact checkers come in of all places, right, to get a response. And they said, fact check. The World Economic Forum does not have their own police force. Really, what it is is the local Swiss police have officers that are assigned to the World Economic Forum for the wow. event, and they are the ones who detained you. I said, like, well, "What's the patch?" And they said, "Well, the patches are just souvenirs." Is what the spokesman said. I said oh, excuse <laughs> me. The police assigned to the World Economic Forum is totally different. It's totally different.
1: Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> I guess fact they're not 10. the same same thing. That, yeah, that's... fact check. It' pretty crazy. The, the that whole conference obviously is um, it, it's a globalist meeting. There's a globalist agenda. What is shocking to me is that everything is publicized, so they would want you to not talk. And there's another conference going on, right? You were, I, I think, you were there for another conference that was happening at the same time, conservative conference.
2: Well, so right. So there's so some, I mean, there's sort of a lot going on. Thing. It's not just right, you with your camera. Back. Right. It was CPAC Budapest
1: right. just gotten
2: finished up over in Hungary. So we had been over and I was the you know, not the sort of like the closing speaker, gave the yep. closing address at CPAC Budapest. And then um because this was going on, it was it was I mean, literally the ones end Saturday and then the next one starts Sunday, and Turning Point Point, Charlie Kirk and the guys say, Hey, fly you're you know, you're speaking here, fly over there, go get us some footage, World Economic Forum. Then oh by the way, A couple hours down the road from Davos, right, is Geneva. Geneva is where they're holding. um, That was the World Health Organization Assembly, the WHO Assembly, World Assembly, where they were um, essentially debating this idea of having a global pandemic treaty. Right. And the Biden administration to put their regulations up for this and, and their amendments to it. And I said, fine, we'll go down and yeah. told the team, hey, it's a three hour drive. But guess what? We're we're going to do a three hour drive yeah. to Geneva. Right. Left at, left at six, got there at nine through the mountains, you know, beautiful drive. Right. And, um, you know, we went down there. And, and then, of course, the fact checkers are coming out on that one, too, saying, well, it's, you know, they're not calling it a treaty anymore. And even though some of the early statements yeah, may have included yeah. the phraseology of a pandemic treaty, what this really is is more of an international legal framework that the member countries <laughs> of the WHO will agree to. And I'm like, so a treaty, right? <laughs> you know? and, and they're not so really World Economic Forum Police either. It's all, right, it's all right, different. Right. It's, it's amazing to me that it's not like, it's not like, you know, you don't get, yeah. You know, it used to be, it used to be that you would say something as a conservative or, you know, working in conservative media, you put something out and then you might get someone else coming up saying someone on the other side, well, we disagree, right? And we disagree yeah. and here's why. And we think yeah. there should be a pandemic treaty and here's the reason. Yeah. We think that we should reset the global economic system with the World Economic Forum. And here are all the reasons for that, right? We don't even do that anymore, though, yeah. right? It, it, now we get to a point where it's just no, that's not happening, and you're making it all up. But if it is happening, it's great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's very interesting. It's like a parallax.
1: As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his my slippers. For a limited time, you will save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. This blowout sale of the year won't last, so order now. Mike has taken two years to develop the My Slippers, and they are designed to wear both indoor and out all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, they are also made with quality leather suede. Call 1 800 870 0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square and use promo code SITREP. This offer will not last long. So order now with promo code SITREP at mypillow.com. It's a crazy, it's a crazy alternate universe world we're living in now. Um, Thankfully, that doesn't happen in the United States, which is my transition into. My transition into January sixth, the hearings that we're having there, an alternate universe is taking place there as well. Um, let, let's talk specific, but but give us uh, give us some give us some overview of of just this hearing generally. Where did it come from? Why is it? Who's authorized it? Obviously, they have subpoena yeah. powers. They're going after people. How did people. all this come together?
2: Right. So. You know, this is actually the, depending on the count, the third or fourth investigation into January 6th, Mm. because I guess none of the other investigations were good enough. (laughs) Uh, Keep in mind that President Trump was impeached over January 6th. I mean, that that happened. We don't. I'm the only person that talks about that anymore. Mm. It's like like you actually had an impeachment over this, right? So typically we do, you know, in the United States in the past, we've you know we've done things where we you know we hold an investigation, like Watergate, for example, and you know, people have different opinions of Watergate, but but you know, the, the hearings came first and the impeachment came later. Sure, sure. Right. This is a situation where we had the impeachment, Trump was not convicted, but now we're holding the investigation anyway, mm. even though the impeachment trial already happened and he already prevailed you know used used to be that you would you know you know what 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 do they call that like um uh ready fire aim right so you know so uh we're getting this investigation out and they're going through and you know who knew what when did they know it and who was told it and who was in the room and who was not out of the room and you're getting all these conflicting statements what it essentially is it's a committee that's made up of uh, hardline Democrats, as well as your, you know, what you would refer to as sort of like your never Trump Republican. So like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger yep. are really the yep. main ones there. And so the reason that they were put on this is so that the committee can then turn around and say, well, this is bipartisan, right? We've got, we've got right. Republicans sure. and Democrats sure. on this thing. And so even though it's Democrat run, they can say, oh, well, look, we can have subpoena power because we've got you know, Republicans. But the problem yeah. is you don't actually have any real opposition on this uh, on this thing. And so under a normal like trial, obviously, or even under a normal committee, you'd have something called an opposition. Right. The adversarial process. And we've yeah. all, all watched, you know, trials or, you know, you can talk about the, the, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Right. Yeah. That trial. And they each side had their case. And yeah. uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, each side was able to, you know, fight it out right you fight it out and you've got every witness you got examination cross examination you don't have that here right no, no. because the republicans agree with the democrats on this so you've essentially you've got prosecutors but the def- you know and they're def- they're uh, they're going after a defendant in absentia they're trying him yeah. in absentia this being president trump without any way for him to defend himself at all and so it it's gotten to the point now where And they've had a few of these, like uh, primetime hearings and daytime hearings that are televised, and this all culminated, and it really hadn't gone anywhere. It really, there was no real bombshell that anyone had sunk their teeth into. But, but the few things that did come out of it, though, were because there were certain individuals, um, particularly Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro, both uh, former employees of the president. Yep. That refused to speak to the committee and they said they made the argument, right? They made the argument. and This goes, it gets a little procedural, but they made the argument that you're asking us about our conversations with the president uh, regarding the, the election, election integrity, yep. um, the, the results of the election at the time that he was president. Now that runs afoul of something called executive privilege and the separation of powers. Yeah. Congress, this this hearing is part of, or this this committee is part of Congress, legislative branch. President is the head of the executive branch, and they say, and then they said, well, you know, you you know, like Bannon, for example, wasn't an employee. So, okay, but the president was still the president at the time, right? Even even on January sixth, he was still the president. Yeah, and so uh, the president has also not spoken to this committee, and he's gone to the Supreme Court and filed and said, look, I've I was the president. I don't have to hand over anything. And that's something that has been protected at the Supreme Court. Well, the committee turned around and made criminal filings on Bannon and Navarro, right, to the DOJ saying, well, that's contempt of Congress, right? That's not a legal argument. That's straight up contempt of Congress. And the DOJ, under Merrick Garland, in these these two instances, turned around and indicted both Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro over this like I said, it, it is essentially a procedural, um, procedural argument, right? You, they have this legal opinion, there's that legal opinion right. it's going to the, you know, et cetera, right? Right. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily that they said, okay, you know, we're thumbing our nose at you. Yeah. And you right. have also had people, by the way, that have gone up to the committee and said, you know, over a hundred times, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. I invoke. I invoke. I invoke. I invoke. And and that just is what it is. And guess what? We have the Fifth Amendment, and it's yeah. a beautiful thing, right? The right to um, protect yourself from self-famination. Sure. Yeah. If I don't want to testify, if I want to invoke my Fifth Amendment right, guess what? Bill of Rights, baby. It's right there. Um, I don't have to explain myself. And so you do have these trials um, coming down. I don't have the Navarro timeline off the top of my head, but currently the case for Bannon, the trial for Bannon, is set to go ahead on July 18th It's jury selection, and that's here in D.C., so... You know, and and obviously Steve's a friend. I, you know, I do his show a lot. Right. And, um, you know, that's something where, you know, facing a D.C. trial with your anyone who's a conservative or associated with Trump is not a good. This is the same, by the way, the same D.C. jury pool that just um, acquitted Michael Sussman, who we know lied to the FBI. Right. And they they essentially said, there's other things going on in the world. We don't have to worry about that, even though they had him to write. They had him in writing. And so that was over the RussiaGate stuff. So, the, this all culminates in what happened earlier this week when a low-level staffer at the White House, so someone who was a an aide to the Chief of Staff, Mark at the time Mark Meadows, uh, her name was Cassidy Hutchinson. Yep. And the Jan. Six committee came out and said, "This we have a bombshell, secret, surprise witness. We're going <laughs> to add a day onto this." This is going to be so big. You guys have no clue um, how monumental this testimony is going to be. You know, and at first people were thinking, oh, I was, you know, maybe maybe, maybe Mike Pence yeah. is going to, you yeah. know, or. Um, well, and
1: you they know, were referring 20, to her as a, a senior White House aide. She's 22 yeah, yeah. years old or 23 years old or whatever, but yeah. senior White 25. House aide. I think I heard 25. But,
2: but right, exactly. I mean, we thought that it was, you know, the Pompeo, right? Yeah, you know, right. Some right. Massive, you know, level figure. And then out walks, you know, and people are, what's her name again? Cassidy <laughs> Hutchinson. And oh, yeah, I remember kind of seeing her. and yeah. She opened the door for me the one that, you know. Right, like, right. You know, right, right. And she was on an email chain somewhere from forever ago. But it's, You know, not someone that anybody, you know, would consider as part of the sort of your your major movers and shapers there and not to diminish or anything, but it just is what it is. Right. There's a lot of staff at the White House and uh, she comes out and at first everyone thought it would be a nothing burger. And she proceeds to lay out a series of some of the most salacious claims that I think anyone has heard regarding January 6th and the conduct of the president um, in in the, the the morning of that, that day, uh, immediately following the rally, and then afterwards, you know, just things that in the 18 months since that day has occurred that no one had ever yeah. heard of before. And I remember watching the early part of her testimony. The first thing that really jumped out at me was when she said that there was a, a she said, well, the, you know, the first... She's, what was it? The first uh, issue that we identified was that the poli- you know, the Capitol Police came to us, or I believe it may, it may have been MPD, the DC Police came to us and said that there there are people with AR-15s in the mm. crowd. Yeah, and I said, what? what? <laughs> we did you know, didn't know oh, about this. Like, if yeah. there were people yeah. with AR-15s in the yeah. crowd at January 6th. Yeah. Right and and okay maybe there was a rumor right that there and that's that's how these things go. Remember, right? there's a rumor somebody was you know I thought somebody was. Yeah, spotted, there's enough
1: but, video and firsthand. At this point, you know yeah, we we know we what would have there. their name, right?
2: We would have their occupation. They'd be locked in a basement somewhere history. right now. Yes. Yeah, Taylor <laughs> Lorenz and the Washington Post yeah. would have you know dox them and their entire family. We'd right. know their employers. I right. mean, that would be the only person we're talking about and you're telling me on the last day of the hearings that there that suddenly there's a guy with their yeah. you know multiple guys with Air 15s I just I'm like I'm sorry I don't buy that I do not buy that at all Yep and I threw that up I said that that don't seem right to me at all and uh and then so she continues going and as the stories get as, as the, the testimony continues, the stories just keep getting bigger and bigger. And then it becomes these stories of, oh, well, you know, I wasn't in the room or I wasn't in the car and, but I heard someone who was in the car and they said this. And, you know, the story about that I think has already been, you know, pretty resoundingly debunked that president Trump, uh, <laughs> uh had, had, attacked his Secret Service detail. Like
1: crawled up into the front seat to get control of the car. Got
2: into the, the front seat. of. The, <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way, the Beast, yeah. right? She says this very specifically, the Beast, and says that he tried to take control of yeah. the presidential limo, that's the Beast, and then drive to the Capitol. And so everybody in D.C., everybody in the White House knows what the Beast is. The Beast is the limo. And I remember the very first thing I heard was, Um, and I thought, you know, I don't usually see the beast in DC, right? You just, I've been in DC 10 years. You don't typically see that. Mm. You usually see the SUV motorcade. The beast is usually for when you're out of town, when you're doing, um, your, your foreign visits that, Mm. you know, rallies, that type of thing, or, you know, let's say, you know, let's say he's doing a rally and, um, there isn't an airfield nearby and it's not conducive to using Marine one, he might land, hop in the beast and then yeah. Come down, you know, yeah. block off the highway, that, right. that type of thing. And, you know, I just wasn't used to seeing the beast around DC. And so I, I, I don't remember seeing that. You know, it doesn't sound right to me. So I go back and look at the footage. Sure enough, you can see him walking off stage at the ellipse. And the ellipse is right in front of the White House. So it's not like a big, um, it's not like a big, uh, uh, you know, the long distance, right? right. You know, it's like a three minute drive that he is getting into the back of an suv yeah, he's not even right. in the limo right Which, keep in mind of course as as i think everybody knows that you know when you when you're in a presidential vehicle like that or a vehicle that's designed for executive protection uh you're always separated you're you're, you're always separated from by you know by uh, bulletproof glass right. from the for security purposes right. obviously right uh, right that, that of course is going to be a separate compartment for you know and it's and i believe um I know the Beast is set up this way. I don't know if the ICV is set up, but the, the Beast is set up to even have its own uh, oxygen
1: supply for the presidential compartment. So you're not, Just, you're not crawling up into the front seat and attacking the driver from the back? Yeah, no, you're, not, you're really not doing that. Right.
2: You know, what's, <laughs> right. what's funny, though, is, and I, I, don't, I haven't actually said this publicly yet, but I actually remembered, I had remembered a story from a guy I used to serve with, an Army buddy of mine, um, from around that time period... Uh, saying something along the lines of, and he had a buddy who was, you know, former Delta that was on the PPD now. And you you know how it goes, right? And there was this sort of story that was sort of floating around in room, you know, a at level that, that Trump was really mad about not being able to go to the Capitol Mm. that he really wanted to. And they may have yelled at his, at his, at his detail about it. And I'm like, yeah, I can buy that. Sure, I can totally yeah. buy that, Yeah, right? You know, I think everyone can kind of buy that, that. He clearly, and he says it, he says in the speech that he wanted to march, and then they said no, and he said, well, maybe we'll drive, and I said, Mr. President, you know, we, we can't yeah, just... this is not a good idea, right? Yeah, it, you know, we can't do that, right? You know, and I could see him having, you know, an angry response, sure, sure. but just, you know, she's taking it to crazy levels. So um, what we also have been able to find one piece that I've been able to exclusively report and this came out earlier today uh well actually i should say last night it came out then i tweeted it posted it up across my socials put it on my truth social as well and then lo and behold uh president trump <laughs> clipped my truth social of this and then emailed it to all of his um you know wide email list today yeah. in a president in a, uh, a you know a uh, from the office of yeah. the 45th president statement w- that um one of the one of the stories that she told was that the White House Counsel Pat Cipollone had told them because it was also about this should the president march to the Capitol, and she said I spoke and, and again the idea of a you know an aide to the chief of staffs sp- having conversations like this to the you know to the White House it just it's just strange right it's just strange to see that level of or hearing that level of uh of discourse going on. But she says that she spoke to the White House Counsel on the morning of January 6, and that he stated, um, "If the president does that, he said, "We are going to be breaking every law imaginable." And of course, that clip just you know, played everywhere, MSNBC, CNN and all your left-wing blue-check Twitters, you know, super viral, right? Millions and millions of views. Well, I get reached out to by some members of uh, President Trump's former administration, mm-hmm. the former yep. White House. Yep. and they said. Look, um, you know, we went back and checked. Pat wasn't there that morning. Pat was not in the White House yeah. that, on the morning of January 6th. Um, he came, he did come by later, but, you know, the, the, the march had already taken place, right, at, at later. So it wouldn't have, that, that conversation couldn't have taken place. This wasn't right? a
1: prior, if he does this, then we're violating the law. Right.
2: Because he wasn't even there. Because he wasn't there. Yep. And and so, you know, that's a situation where ju- just again, like with the Supreme uh, with the Secret Service um, story, that Secret Service maintains a badge log, obviously, like of the electronic badges yep. of everybody who's badging in and badging out of the of the White House and certainly for the West Wing. Right. Yep. That's just just how that goes. So if, you know, if Cipollone was there. You know, the Secret Service obviously would have a security log of that the same way they have one for for everybody who goes in and out. You have to have a visitor badge or whatever it is. So, I mean, yes, you like, you cannot go into the White House without being, you know, right. without being checked. That's that's right. how that works right here in the real world. And so um, <laughs> that is information, obviously, that the Jan 6 committee would Probably have within their purview to go back and check yep. to go to the Secret Service and say, I don't think they necessarily would have you know, declared executive privilege over that to say, you know, was was the White House counsel in there that morning. So you could check that before you have her go up and testify in public. Right. This is something, you know, so I mentioned I was joking before about being at Guantanamo, but one of the questions that we would always get at Guantanamo Bay was well, how, What happens if they're lying, right? How yeah. do you tell? How do you tell if there's a guy lying, right? You know, and do you check their their uh, micro expressions yeah, and the body right. language and all right. that stuff? And you know, there, there's an element of that, but you know, that's you can tell if somebody's stressed, sure, but you can't you can't tell if someone's actually lying, right? You know, you can tell that someone okay, they're being a little deceptive, yeah. but you don't know why. But yeah. you know, one of the benefits of of human intelligence, human, is that you also have the other intelligence disciplines available to you and we have SIGINT and we yeah. have imagery. Yeah. And so yeah. if somebody tells me, you know, Oh, I was here on this day. Well, then I can go back to my SIGINT verify. guys yeah. and I can verify, you know, was yeah. this selector, was this MZ, was this phone, the SIM card, was it pinging on that tower on, on that day or any time that week, did he ever go there? Right. Yeah. And so you, you can do the work of verifying. And then once you've done that a couple of times, you might get to the point where you say, yeah, you know what, uh, that checks out. That actually yeah. does check out. But, but this is why in a courtroom, hearsay evidence is not admitted uh, and there is an adversarial process that if you bring forward a witness to say, hey, you know, I saw, you know, the president ordered an insurrection, right? You know, well, I can also have a witness that comes in and says, president did nothing of yeah. the sort, right? That's, that's the process we're supposed to have. And it actually, if anything... You know, I would hope that that people watching this, and even if you're not, you know, necessarily a conservative, or you might, let's say, you are a conservative, but you don't like Trump for, you know, ah, like, oh, he's got baggage. And I don't like sure. police, whatever. Yeah, right? sure. Um, that you could look at this and say, you know, this is actually why we're supposed to have a real system, right? That because because you think, right? What's the great Thomas Beckett line? You know, I would I would even give the de- the devil the benefit of law, the full benefit, right? <laughs> lest you know, lest I be the one that stand against it, right? right. Because Because that's guess what? If you if you just start deciding that certain people don't get the right Right. of due process and innocent before guilty, because there's countries out there, believe me, right? You know, you know, my family comes from Eastern Europe, and I spent time in China. There's plenty of places in the world that don't have this kind of stuff. And you know, my wife, she was born in. I know you just got back from Ukraine. I just got back from Ukraine. She was born in the Soviet Union. It's now Mm. Belarus. Yeah. On just just about maybe ten miles from. the border, she's about, about 45 minutes from Lviv. Yeah, wow. And, uh, oh, wow. that, you know, one thing she remarked to me when she were watching some of the, some of the trials that I cover, like Rittenhouse or Amber, Heard, whatever it is, you know, even, even the Chauvin, she said, you know, this system you guys have, we don't have anything like that. back Right. Home. Right. We, have, we don't have any of it. Right. You, know, you have a jury and the lawyers and all the stuff that goes into it. And it's, it's, it's really special. And back home, you know, you get, you get put on trial, and then yeah. basically you're, you get informed, right, what the <laughs> verdict is, and then your family gets informed what the sentence was, you know, and that's, and that's just how it is, right? So the fact that we do have that kind of system here in the United States, which, by the way, is enshrined in our Fifth and Sixth Amendments, even our Fourth Amendment to an extent, um, at least about search and seizure— it's it's very special. Right. And I think that it is something that as conservatives, we're talking about conserving tradition, conserving yeah. society. Yeah. These are these are legal protections that go back thousands of years, right back to Rome and Greece. And and we should be very careful about about, you know, you know,
1: toying around with them. It It's it's really interesting. And this is a calculation, obviously, by the Democratic Party to um, Position Trump as an insurrectionist, of course, as a criminal, as someone that should not be allowed legally to run for president again. Uh, I mean, at least from where I sit, that's that's the goal, Um, or at least to discredit him so badly that no one would vote for him. But but again, the Democrats continuously and historically have overreach, and they've made themselves look foolish. and and It's really interesting that they would look at this this testimony and say, well, the only information anyone's ever going to get about what's happening is what we put in front of them on daytime television. No one's going to look beyond this. But anyone who's watching this is also going to probably look beyond it, and it makes them look foolish. Does this advance their narrative at all, or does this take them back? No, I don't think so. I mean,
2: you know, if if this were, look, if this were the 1990s, you know, and you all you had were, you know, three, six, and ten, and right. the two big papers, right. plus maybe like one local paper, sure, you know, yeah, definitely would work, and, and this would be the death knell for his political career, and yet you've got a guy, right, who on paper, right, it sounds crazy, right, it sounds crazy that a guy on paper who was impeached t- more times than any other president <laughs> of the United States, right. who is um you know as someone who um you know you can say he uh he well he he didn't get to um fill out fulfill a second term right that he uh that he that he's out of office after one term out of office I i'm choosing my words carefully on that one yeah but sure he's out of office, he's after out one of office term, yes right however whatever, however that, happened. Was, <laughs> whatever,
1: whatever that happened whatever the mechanism was there right
2: and yet when you look at the polls He's the one who's the front runner to be the next president of the United States. And it just goes to show you that, you know, the world has changed. The system has changed. Uh, You can now disintermediate the media with with podcasts like this, like mine, like yours, with organizations like Turning Point USA that now exist. You know, and we're holding a huge event down in Tampa, Florida, um, where, you know, we're going to be essentially putting this to the test because we've got – We've got Trump is coming in. We've got DeSantis coming in. We're going to have them on the same stage, right wow. down at uh, down wow. at Tampa's Student Action Summit end of uh, end of July. That's going down, and, and we're going to be doing a straw poll there to kind of you know wow. put a, you know a little 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 head to head action, see what people think of that question. You know, it is in Florida, so maybe it'll be a little bit biased towards right. towards DeSantis. But you know, it's it just goes to show you that the credibility of these institutions, Congress, and our media is yeah. so so fallen. Yeah. Right. That yeah. people are willing to choose the guy that is opposed to all of them and everything that they say. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're you know, people care so much more about the economy. They care so much more about their jobs. The fact that gas prices are through the roof. They yeah. didn't used to be. And it's and, you know when people hear about, you know, January 6th, 2021, I mean, I think they might think, sure, you know, what happened at the Capitol was bad, but man, my gas prices were a lot cheaper back then, and I was working, and it seemed like stuff was opening up, and then, you know, there wasn't a war in in Eastern Europe that, you know, you have to look at the horrifying pictures every day, and things just seemed a lot more stable, right, and maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the guy was kind of a jerk but maybe that's the kind of guy you need sometimes
1: maybe we need a leader who is a jerk sometimes yeah, yeah i don't know if you heard but the president said it's all about russia 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 that's why the economy is so bad so oh is that right yeah so it has nothing to do yeah, with yeah, him yeah, right, I, right, I don't right, know right. if you <laughs> you're uh, you're on that um what what does someone like cassidy hutchinson they set her up i, I mean she must have known that they were setting her up what does she get out of this it, this is this is really kind of an aside but what does someone like that get out of lying, well, so, knowing she's lying and knowing everyone else knows that she's lying?
2: So she pulled a crossover. Right. And so you basically in politics, you can only pretty much get one crossover. And lately you've seen a. Um, in the past, you used to see a lot of Democrats switching over to Republican. You mm-hmm. see that happen from time to time. But lately, really, since the era of Trump got started, you see this again and again with Republicans doing crossovers. Uh, to the Democrat side, and really doing so because they want the media accolade. So Alyssa Farah is an example of this. Uh, she was on part of the comms team in President Trump's uh, White House. Then she made the jump over, and now she's sort of like a quasi-host on the View or something. Mm-hmm. And even though, even though it's funny because they still treat her as the butt of a yeah, joke, right. and they, they do, yeah, you know, they'll never accept her. They'll right. never give her the validation that she's looking for because you're still, you know, one of them, right? um george conway is another example there's this lincoln project you know Mm. degenerate nut jobs are out there you know as part of this and and nicole wallace you know who was a mccain staffer and uh steve schmidt you know these huge mccain staffers the bush you know dynasty in general you know they've done a lot of this stuff but for for a low-level staffer right if you're 25 years old in this town and you've decided to make your entire brand the fact that you will talk outside of school, right? That's like, Mm. I don't know, that's like, uh, you know, that's like when you're in a gang and you go to the feds, right? Yeah, right. You you know, you just don't do that, right? Because now no one's ever going to trust you Neither side trusts you now. Neither side, right? So you make yourself an island. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I guess you can go and play that role and you can go and be that person. And there's a few um, political groups like Lillington Project and other ones that are sort of you know, you know, incestuously surrounding it, but you've pretty much that's the only card you can then play basically, because you're stuck. Then that's a life of servitude to that position that you can never really come back from. And so that's the thing with Faustian Deals is that, yeah, you get your moment in the spotlight and you get to be on all the networks, but guess what? You know, you gotta wake up the next morning and look yourself in the mirror every day and then for the rest of your life if you want to stay in politics you know yeah. you you've got to plead to be that yeah. role
1: and that's it yeah. that is what it is yeah what a crazy thing to watch what happens next so the hearing is happening supposedly concluded what's the process now beyond this how do they get from well there's, there's hearing two to things. criminal
2: yeah so there's two things so um they they have the ability right to choose Um, To file criminal referrals if they want to, but we've already heard Benny Thompson say it's probably not going to happen with President Trump, just because. I mean, again, that would make us full-on banana republic level. Um, Then the other piece of it is that each, right, every a legislative committee, right. uh, You look at the nine eleven commission, for example, right. Um, It's because it's legislative; it has to be constituted for the purposes of suggesting legislation or investigating. Mm. An issue for the purpose of creating some sort of new law. So what they've got to do then Hmm. is either propose a bill or propose a set of reforms to let's. I mean, you know, obviously we don't live in this world, but in a real world, you might say, you know, well, what what happened with the Capitol police? Why was the you know why wasn't there more security there? Why wasn't the riot squad already out? Why weren't there? Uh, sufficient barricades set up to to block this up. Why why was the National Guard denied? Um, why did it take four hours for the National Guard to come in when the president had requested the National Guard just be there anyway, uh, blocking this area? I mean, I was I was covering the events of January 6. And there was not a large security presence there at all. Mm. And so when things got, you know, things went sideways, right, you've got, you know, part of the issue is that you had too few people defending right. too much sure. uh, real estate, sure. right? And that's, that's what, what led, what leads to those problems that you see there, the overruns or, or stepping back and just opening the door and mass confusion, right? Just complete mass confusion. It's not like, it's not like Washington, D.C. hasn't dealt with crowds before, yeah, right? So right? What happened <laughs> right. there? Right. You know that's that's one part of it. Uh, the other part, of course, but that's not what they're looking at, right? They're looking at now how do we go after what I call it is it's 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 the detrumpification project, mm-hmm. right? And John Rob, the writer, put this together, and they're they're looking mm-hmm. to uh, to muddy up anybody. Uh, not Trump himself, but then anyone also who might go to work for him in the future, and certainly anyone who would have to pass a Senate confirmation for. Right. Let's say he does get back in office, right. and you know, the way things are right now, it, it you know certainly <laughs> certainly seems like it's sure. going that way. That's the trajectory, um, right?
1: Yeah,
2: you know this much this much chaos. You know, people are going to be you know you know begging for another for you know four more years, and so um, you know. But then of course, when you look at a guy like Jeff Clark, who's now being head up, and that's by the way. Um, The Jeff Clark and John Eastman stuff, that's a separate grand jury, right, Mm. a separate grand jury into January 6th that's being led out of the Department of Justice that has nothing to do directly with the January 6th committee, even though behind the scenes we're pretty sure they're all comparing notes. So, again, you're seeing these FBI raids of... Uh, Republican uh, chairmen, Republican CEOs, Republican officials, staffers all across the country being hit with this stuff, going after phones, going after records, talking about, you know, the alternate electors and the court cases and those battles that came out that were ultimately uh, did not bear fruit, right, in the aftermath of the 2020 election. We all know about this, but I think everybody also understands that those were, you know, those were court challenges. and, And in this country, we, you know, as I was saying earlier, right, we, we don't criminalize challenging something in court. That's that's the way that we deal with things. We have the trial system. Uh, either win or you don't, right? And yep. we, we certainly can, you know, can debate about the efficacy of our justice system, sure. but, sure. you know... <laughs> sure. We, I, we, I, we, would, we would never want to criminalize ever the idea of someone trying to go to the courts yeah. to seek relief for injury, because ultimately that's the entire point of yeah. a justice system in the first it's place.
1: due process. That's what we base yep. everything on. Yes. Yeah. Um, what happens next? What can we watch for next? What can we expect in the next couple of days?
2: Well, the next couple of days we might see. So this this Cipollone that I mentioned earlier, so who he, he was the White House counsel, at that time, um, you know, the, the information that I was I've received says that he was not in the White House at the time that he says or uh, she said, rather, that she had the conversation with him. And, you know, if he was only there afterwards, it wouldn't have made sense for them yeah, to talk right. about the march. Cause right. It already happened. Right. So he has received a subpoena. So he has also received a subpoena. The question then becomes, will his testimony hmm. be one? that is put out in, you know, in, in daytime TV or primetime TV broadcast yeah. to the world? Or will this be one of the behind the scenes? Is yeah. he going to fight it? Kind of the ball's in his court a little bit to see how far he's going to go with this. Of course, the White House counsel testifying. Um, there's been a lot of these um, allusions made to John Dean. Who was the White House Counsel during the Watergate era, and it was his testimony where he really just kind of, you know, threw Nixon under the bus yeah. and led to this big obstruction of justice charge, you know, delete the tapes, etc. Yeah, right, right. That we all know about. <laughs> right. You know, even though, even though it did come out, by the way, that Lincoln or excuse me, that Nixon had no clue yeah. what was going Didn't on in was the Watergate right. Hotel, right. Did nothing to do with it whatsoever. Right. But you know, it was the it was this testimony of John Dean that really, really um, was kind of the death knell for him, and so. Yeah even though there's some questions about what John Demond's really up to, but that's a story for another podcast. Sure. Um, sure. But so the question then becomes, are we going to get this sort of bombshell moment, this blockbuster moment where we see, um, you know, the former white house Counsel? But then of course, the other issue is that, you know, it's, it's the 4th of July break, right? So most people are out of town and I think most Americans honestly are checked out and probably a lot of people are thinking, boy, you know, um, I'm paying a lot more extra for my barbecue this year than I was last year. I'm having trouble driving or flying to see family, Um, you know, than I was able to, the the air travel has, it's completely insane. I don't know if you've flown lately domestically, but it's, it's, everything's getting delayed. It's crazy. Flights getting canceled like crazy. crazy. And if you can get a flight, it's, it's something like two or three times more expensive
1: than usual. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So our organization, we run programs for veterans across the country. And part Mm -hmm. of what we do is we not only cover the cost of, the program, but the cost of travel yeah. and our travel costs have nearly doubled in the last two months. It's yeah, it it's absolutely insane. And the, the fact that anyone expects Americans to be focused on what's happening in these hearings, to me, is absolutely absurd. Um, no, it's just and, and meanwhile, you've got you've got insane
2: levels of violence in California, Ohio. Yeah. Philadelphia, New York, the mother had somebody walk up to her in the Upper East Side and shoots her in the back of the head while pushing her baby on a stroller, right? 20 years old, three-month-old kid, right? And my family, we, we just got back from, crazy. we were staying on the Upper West Side last weekend with my family, right? And I'm thinking, you know, this, you know, I could have walked past that guy on the street, yeah. you know? And uh, this this is just an insane level of violence that's going on. And and meanwhile, we're being told, you know, oh, you know, yeah. we just have to, it's all about, you know, diversity, and inclusion, yeah. and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we have to be very prideful in Pride Month, and that's the only thing I have to worry about. Make sure you take your vax
1: and your boosters, and it's blowing my mind. We'll all be fine. Uh, Jack, where can people read what you write and then follow your podcast and the other media that you do? Yeah. So I've got, um, got
2: a new op-ed out today on com. That's kind of all about this. I call it the weaponization of the DOJ and the FBI, um, the politicization that's going on the yeah. de project. And then of course, human events daily is the podcast. I call it for a podcast for people who don't like podcasts <laughs> because we do, we do news of the day yeah. in, uh, in 25 minutes or less. Nice. Um, it's just kind of, you know, what happened, a quick analysis awesome. and then out. it's basically a commander's update brief is, is yeah. sort of what I'm doing every day. And so we get, a. Uh, Get a lot of like, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of members of Congress and executives tend That's to awesome. like it. And then, uh, and then, of course, Turning Point USA. So we've got the big event coming up end of July. Uh, hope you come, by the way, if you're, yeah. if you're available. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, end of July down in Tampa.
1: So tpsa.com slash sass. Use promo code POSO. Get 25% off. Nice. Wonderful. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it, as always. And uh, it's always great to talk to you. God bless. Yes, sir. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Another great conversation, and I hope that you are subscribed to this podcast so that you can follow along every time we have interviews and conversations just like this one. If you're not yet subscribed, go ahead and subscribe on that podcast platform you're listening from right now, you're listening from somewhere, subscribe, that would be awesome. Go over to YouTube, you can find our channel there as well, which has this episode and an archive of other episodes that we've done. Unfortunately, not all of our episodes are on YouTube. Turns out they don't love everything that we say, but most of our content is there. So go to YouTube. You can search for our channel, The Situation Report. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave us a comment, share that content out, and that would be awesome. Thank you for joining us. Look forward to talking to you next time.